Well, welcome to the latest podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. I keep thinking I need to jazz this up somehow, have mood music or, you know, some kind of a marching band in the background, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to launch in. The topic for this week is non-residential construction. This is something that Mike was suggesting we talk about. Big deal for ASA members, obviously. It's a huge sector, and it's often difficult to really pin down what is and isn't useful because you're talking about everything from warehouse and logistics to manufacturing-related construction to retail to healthcare to, you know, you name it. It's And it's really, really hard to generalize. So I guess the best that can be done is to talk about where some of the growth areas have been and are expected to be and where some of the areas that are maybe a little less robust um, going forward. The big decline was really obvious to everybody. This is something that happened going back to 2020. The retail sector took a big hit, and so did office building. And those have recovered a little, but you're still dealing with some of these long-term shifts. Um, we're not yet sure what people plan to do as far as where they work and how they work. So office buildings are still not kind of back to what they were prior to 2020, though they haven't died completely. I mean, this is something that many were predicting because of the pandemic, that we're all going to work remotely and we're never going to wear pants again and we're going to constantly do Zoom calls and all the office buildings would be converted into God knows what. That hasn't happened. Um, It is reversing to some degree. People are returning to the office and there's going to be more development, different development perhaps than we've seen in the past. Retail is a different story because retail was taking a hit even before 2020 because people were shifting to that online option. We know the brick and mortars have been struggling and they continue to because people were getting out of the habit of going physically to a store even before the pandemic made it even that much more difficult. What retail is doing now is kind of shifting back to a little bit of the old school. I go to physically shop when I need advice and I need someone to actually guide me. If it's something that I can do my purchasing freely on my own without any interaction, people are more likely to do it in an online environment and that kind of mitigates against some of those big box stores. So the retailers that are doing well tend to be a little bit smaller. You're seeing a little bit more kind of attention to that that limited space type of arrangements, smaller strip malls, things of that nature. The big box stores, the Walmarts and the Targets and the Home Depots and the Lowe's and all that, they're the ones that are feeling some of the pinch because what they offer is almost exactly what the online option offers. I mean, they're offering selection and low prices. Well, how do you beat Amazon when it comes to low prices and selection? So it's probably mitigating against some of that bigger development. On the more positive side, you're seeing continued expansion into logistics, supply chain, warehousing. Uh, Companies are laying in a lot more inventory than they used to. 
So for one, they're gobbling up warehouse space as fast as they can get it, but they're also building their own. One of the fastest growing sectors of manufacturing capital spending has been expanding their physical structures so they can accommodate more inventory. That's happening across the board. I do a lot with manufacturers, and they're all doing more CapEx than they have been. One of the things driving it has been the labor supply. They're bringing in a lot more machines and robots and technology to replace the people they can't find. But they're also doing a lot of building when it comes to the inventory control, inventory management. One of our clients is a construction company, and a lot of their business lately has been expanding manufacturers so that they can accommodate the inventory they're holding. You're also seeing a lot more attention being paid to the transportation needs brought about by reshoring. As companies are moving operations back to the U.S., they need more access to transportation networks, and they're building more warehousing to accommodate that. The other thing that's growing on the manufacturing side is just accommodating that technology. It's kind of ironic, but companies that were perfectly content having their workers work in some horrible cinder block, nasty, unair-conditioned, dirty building, well, the robots won't stand for it. The robots are like, I'm sorry, this is dusty and dirty and hot, and I'm not going to function. So <laughs> the companies are having to upgrade their facilities to make the robots happy, which kind of irritates the humans that are working there. Healthcare is continuing to expand, and it's doing it the way that it has for the last oh, 15, 20 years. It's decentralizing. More and more opportunities in the suburbs, moving out to where people are. You can't go past a mall these days without seeing an imaging center or a specialist center for whatever. Uh, and that's going to be a continued trend. The big, big hospital complexes are very expensive to run. And most cities really have them already, don't really need another one. Um, where the need is, is going further out into the suburbs and even into the smaller towns. And so that's where you're starting to see that kind of activity. And then an area that has really just started to uh, emerge as a really dominant player, well, I say started, it's been going on for quite a while, but there's a huge demand for tech support in the construction sense. Data centers are really booming. I mean, the demand for new data centers is just staggering. I've seen numbers that are just hard to believe. I mean, the need for, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 new data centers just to accommodate what we're doing currently, much less what we think we're going to do in the next 10 years. I mean, just the Zoom work-from-home thing alone was was spurring a lot of data center development. So that kind of technology is really driving construction because the buildings that have to be created to accommodate the data centers, it's highly specialized in every respect. I mean, I was at a conference not long ago where the subject was fire suppression, and they're totally unique. What you do for data centers is completely different from any other fire suppression of any other building because, as we are all aware, Liquid and technology don't mix, <laughs> so you don't want to dump water all over your 
data center. Um, not a good idea. So it is creating all kinds of opportunities there. So in general, I guess I would say that it is kind of a picky sector. Construction is still doing well. The overall growth on the non-residential side is still around 2 to 3% annually, which is not rocket ship fast, but it wasn't that many months ago that it was in decline. Residential, by the way, is still growing at about a 13% rate, so most of that is multifamily, um, but you're still seeing some on the single-family side. So there are opportunities out there. Um, watch for, for example, a spur coming from the CHIPS Act, because if anything is going to drive some of that data center development, it will be that. Watch for some of the stuff that's going to be related to energy. We can talk about that at a future podcast, but there's a lot of money that's being thrown at alternatives, whether it's solar or wind or geothermal or, who knows, hamsters on a wheel, um, whatever we can figure out to generate power. And that's going to be something that starts to be noticed more dramatically towards the end of this year. So there you go. Not particularly focused, but... That's kind of the world of construction right now. Talk to you next time.